Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 283rd episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K. Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. And tonight, we're visiting with uh, Steve First, who is an experienced woodworker, friend of the show, and organizer of the U.S. Bodger's Ball, which is a green woodworking festival that's coming up in June. So, um, welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks Hi there, Steve. Great to have you. Yeah, great to have you. Well, before we start talking about you, and I'm especially interested in the uh, the upcoming Bodgers Ball, um, let's see what's going around the internet that kind of piqued our interest. So, um, I guess I'll start off. Um, Curtis Buchanan just released some more plans for Windsor chairs, uh, and this one is for a bird cage bar stool. Um, these are the uh, typical plans he sells are done by uh, Jeff uh, Lefkowitz, who does some fantastic plans. But uh, I believe they're $60, and um, they are absolutely uh, fantastic plans. They come with a typographical uh, a map of the seat, so you know how far to carve down and and um, and everything. Uh, they have templates on a four millimeter mylar, so it's a really great set of plans for a really good price. So anyone that's interested in that, uh, go to CurtisBuchananChairMaker.com to check those out. And any other plans, if you know, if you're interested in building a Windsor and want some plans, that's one of the first stops I would make. Now that that is a pretty chair. Why do they call it a bird's cage? Is it the, the way the back is formed? Yeah, the way the back is formed. So the spindles go up to a cross member and then up to a, uh, a uh, another uh, cross member, which is the top of the crest rail. And it's, you know, kind of looks like, you know, those old wooden bird cages that were mm-hmm. popular. Yeah, no, so no, I, think, I get it. And uh, they got that joint there um, where the crest rail meets the, uh, the uh, rear post. And uh, that joint looks like a miter joint, but it's not. It does. It's actually that's actually a carved faux miter. Um, there's actually uh, it actually the top rail goes all the way across, and there's a little dowel that connects those two. Oh, so you actually have yeah. to like car like I guess. Yep. Form that top top rail to look like it's an extension of the the side post. Yep. To make that miter. Oh, that's crazy. Yep. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, but there you go. So yeah, and he has plans for the typical chair, um, uh, but I believe a both an armchair and a side chair in the bird cage motif. Um, but uh, this one's for a bar stool, and they, they make a really great bar stool too. And uh, these are always kind of brightly painted with two or three different types of paint. Usually, um, usually three. <laughs> <laughs> Three to four, yeah. So, so in in the world of of chair building, which I am not uh, a member, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I in in something like this, like a bar stool, which obviously, I mean, it resembles a chair. Yeah. Can you can you morph that that the back of that chair and even the seat and give it shorter legs and call it a chair? Or is it proportionally different? Um, it's it's proportional. The seat's probably going to be a little bit smaller in a bar stool, 
So, you know, he does have plans available for the chair. And I believe the back is probably a little shorter than an actual chair would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess as a bar stool, that would make sense. Otherwise, yeah. you're, you're perched real high and you have a really high back, too. And it's just, yeah. That would look weird. Yeah. And like I said, the seat's probably just a tad smaller. But anyway. But yeah. Yeah. Those are uh, those are pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. absolutely. Yeah, what my, else you got? How oh, Steve? My, Go ahead. Well, my friend um, uh, Walt Crawford from Louisiana, he went up and made a birdcage chair with with Curtis, I never have. Um, he said that it was uh, quite a challenge. It's a pretty tough chair to build. So, yeah, so. I, I have. It's one of those on my bucket list. I have not built one either, but uh, yeah, it's probably one of the more challenging chairs to make. So the the idea between the two top rails is: are those spindles between the inter, you know, intermediate rail and the top rail? Are they continuous? The ones that follow through, or are they new joints? So you kind of have a yeah, weird, uh, weirdly, a top rail with kind of six on the bottom and three on the top kind of joinery. Yeah, yeah, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty darn sure. It's been a while since I, since I looked at the construction of one of these. Um, but I believe those spindles go all the way through that first mm. cross member into the top rail. Okay, so the position yeah. of that rail is yeah. more on how it connects to the side rail, side posts. Mm-hmm. Kind of suspending it there. Yeah. And those rail, well, yeah, that would be complicated. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. So, and uh, if you if you look too, you can see that uh, those uh, back posts are bent too. So those are actually bent, steam bent a little bit at the top. Mm, yeah, or throughout. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 an interesting one. So, but moving right sure. along, I got uh, I got a couple of other things. Next is I uh, just want to mention this for our uh, listeners is that uh, if you haven't heard is Grizzlies having their annual 2020 tent sale and uh, that's going to be on uh, in Billingham, Washington on May 2nd and in Springfield, Missouri on June 6th. So this is like a uh, uh, as is scratch and dent those type of uh, tools that you can go there and buy at a discount. I guess they got them in a tent in a parking lot or something outside their uh, manufacturing facilities mm. and showroom. So anyway, I, I've heard a bunch of people that have gone to that and gotten some good deals, but I live nowhere near there. So, And I'm further away from nowhere near there than you are. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. Steve, are you anywhere near <laughs> Those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in Wisconsin. Sean, where are you looking? Uh, in Northwest Ohio. So, yeah. uh, no, we're we're equally as far away from either Washington or Missouri. Yeah. So, no, not but, gonna work. And and that being said, it's probably ten hours between us as we as we sit. So. Yeah. So um so but any listeners that are in that area, I would I would go check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Any one of those, you know, when you get the manufacturers just having like, you know, factory sale. I, I'm, I'm within a few hours of. Uh, if you're into to CrossFit, you know, Rogue, as a, a workout equipment company, they're mm-hmm. down in Columbus, Ohio, and every year they've got like a huge sale that they just open the 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 su- supply doors or whatever and just spread out crap on their loading dock. And it's a mad dash from a fence line to be the first to touch the thing that you can <laughs> buy kind of situation. I've seen 
videos of it and it's just like oh yeah but I mean, if you're getting stuff at 30 40 yeah. plus percent off you know absolutely that's it's a it's a good way to go if you're yeah. in the area yeah i had a similar story when i was uh, when i was working uh, we had a contract with a uh, a company to supply uh uh, fitness and workout equipment to all of our uh, UT institutions. And uh, I was talking to him and he goes, oh, yeah, we sometimes, you know, you know, sell some stuff that we pick up or um, stuff we refurbish. And I'm going, really? You know, I might mm-hmm. be interested in a treadmill or something about, you know, how much does one of those refurbished ones go for? Oh, between two and four thousand dollars. Oh, yeah, just a little bit more than I wanted to spend. Yeah, no. <laughs> but these are these big, you know, gym quality ones. I forgot what they run. They run new four to six thousand bucks a pop. But yeah. Man, O'Malley. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's not quite the savings I was looking for. But uh, with that said, um, move on to uh, my next thing that I saw. Well, actually, um, a recent guest, uh, uh, Kevin Almeida, um, recommended some horse stall mats. Um, uh, caught an Instagram post of his, and he had, you know, you know, a lot of people put down that rubber flooring and stuff, and I've actually mm-hmm. looked into that because I'm real interested in doing something. But he made a post uh, about his shop and rearranging the shop, and he said he had uh, these, I think they are four by six, uh, three-quarter inch thick rubber horse stall mats and he got them at tractor supply and he's really recommended them in fact he said he can move heavy machinery over them uh which makes sense that they're meant for a horse to stand on mm-hmm. yeah i've heard about these and yeah. I, I um and they're, and they're they somehow interlock i don't know exactly yeah. how that works um yeah because i used to the the old, the ones that have like puzzle edges Mm-hmm. That like my kids had, you know, we, we had like right. multicolored versions of that. It's a lighter foam for sure. Mm-hmm. These things must be much thicker. But I've heard about these not only for for workshops. I want to say even Mark might have had those at some point in one of his shops. You no, know, Mark, Mark has some. Mark has some tiles, some rubber tiles. In oh, his. okay, okay. And I um, I've used those, but this is a lot, a lot cheaper than than those tiles. I mean, not a lot cheaper. I think. These are going for like forty bucks for a four yeah. by six, and I think it was like almost sixty bucks if you got the tiles for yeah. Four, but I mean, four by six, yeah. You know what is that? It's twenty four square feet, and, mm-hmm. and I mean that's a lot of space. You know, yeah. Four of those is almost a hundred square feet. That's every bit of my shop <laughs> entirely, <laughs> wall to wall. Uh, I and actually we just got a treadmill a couple months ago, and I've been wanting to get something underneath there and i was thinking about going out to tractor supply because i knew they had these things yeah um yeah i might be i've got one not too far from me I yeah be. yeah he did he did say uh, bring a friend because i think they weigh about 90 pounds a piece oh my gosh yes <laughs> really yes. uh yeah, I've, got, I've got some in my shop and they're uh they're not that thick mine are probably half that maybe half yeah. inch but but they're a, they're a lug, but you know they're they're great. So yeah, they um here here they have a five year limited warranty, and they're meant for horses. Mm-hmm. So dang, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a hundred percent recycled, three quarter yeah. inch thick, forty eight wow. inches wide, seventy two inches long. Yeah. Wow, I, I like that the noise and vibration absorbent, so that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I wonder what that just putting it in a space like like. Like your your shop, Kyle, yeah. you know, it's it, that basement concrete mm, for right. kind of situation. 
how much of that would just and I don't know it's it's kind of like you know when you're doing like a, a kitchen area do you do the the flooring completely underneath the cabinet or do you put the cabinet on the subfloor and then put it up against it same kind of thing in your shop yeah. do you put this around your tools or do you put your tools on it well, you know, according to Kevin, he has his tools on it, and you know, they have you know some gem stuff with gem stuff on it, and mm-hmm. and, and a horse on it. I would rather have my tools on it than not, because it yeah. seems like if you did it around around your tools, I know that's one problem. Mark said he had with his is he has to put the because apparently his rubber tiles won't support the weight of some of his equipment. So oh, that okay. equipment that it won't support, he has to put the the uh, flooring around it and then if ever has to move the equipment they got to take the tiles up and you know move the equipment yeah which is you know it's doable but it's kind of a pain it would seem right but if this is able to hold the weight of the equipment and you can move it around yeah i'd much rather have it you know all my equipment located on top of the stuff but yeah I wonder. I wonder how it would respond if your if your bench was on it yeah. and you started just wailing on something, just like right. you know, knocking out dovetails or something. Right. Would it Would it give you some vibration? I mean, my, mind you, it's dampening, but yeah. that means it has some give. Yeah, I know. In, in that in that case, like yes, your your table saw is probably just going to be stable and vibrate and yeah. be fine, but something up and down like that. Hmm. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. know. He has his bench on on his, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it must work. Yeah. But and I've seen him do some good dovetails. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, <laughs> but one know. application they have here in the little uh, sample pictures is someone put it in the uh, bed of a truck. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's interesting. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, why not? Why I don't not? know how you stick it down, other than the fact that it's heavy enough to stay down. Yeah, it's probably heavy enough to stay down. I just hope it drains well underneath of it. That would be mm-hmm. my only concern. But mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. But uh, anyway, so that's kind of interesting. But uh, but Sean, what have you picked yeah, up? Yeah. So I I don't know if it was an email or an Instagram or whatever. You know, I'm hooked in with all all things woodworking pretty much everywhere I look. Um, but Veritas advertised to me uh, their uh, mini pocket layout square, they call it. And what it is, mm. is, is an inch and a half framing square, which I, I framed houses. Uh, a six inch framing square is small right. <laughs> when, you're, when you're working <laughs> in that, you know. So, uh, but it was like $12 and I, I couldn't pass it up. So I picked one up and it's fantastic. And I'm, it, it's it's as if a toy. I don't know if I'm ever going to use it for actual layout. I haven't even, and I meant to to see it. I'm I'm guessing it's as square as anything else that I've got that small. I've got like the the woodpecker's mini square, mm-hmm. you know, which I totally trust is is as square as can be. Um, but uh, as far as like striking an angle, I don't know that I trust it to do like a, a, I mean, maybe the 45 is accurate, but like swinging, like you do a framing square to find a, a, a 10 pitch or a 12 pitch. Again, I framed houses. That was how we cut roof you know, structures. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it's, uh, it's super cool. I and mean, super, as you would expect from Veritas, very high quality, uh, you know, etched markings again, haven't measured them. I'm assuming they're accurate. Um, but, I mean, if you, if you're in the market, or if you just kind of like knickknacks like I do, 
Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a cheap knickknack and and it's pretty damn cool. I, I said you know before we started on today, like I'm I'm always tempted by their miniature stuff, uh, yeah. and they have a way. It just, it's just how they they're always functional. What they make as as toy like as they may be, you can get a little you know quarter inch bullnose plane you know and it fits in the palm of your hand but you'll be damn sure it it works you know right. it's it's meant to do a thing it's just meant to do a thing at a small scale so the the marco terenzi's of the world may have use of an inch and a half framing square <laughs> but, but uh uh i i got one i love it it's uh it's a decoration on my desk at work at this point but i absolutely I think it. I think it's super cool. Check out check out Veritas's little itty bitty square. Yeah, it's not bad. It's uh, as of this uh, looking on their website, it's nine dollars and fifty cents. There you go. So, yeah, and I think and, I, it, with shipping, I think I paid less than fifteen dollars. Yeah. yeah, and they got their free shipping going on right now. So um, yeah, except you have to spend like fifty. I think yeah, forty or There's, fifty bucks. But, yeah, uh, but let's say you were like you know at 32 bucks and you needed to get over 40 mm-hmm. you could add something like that to it so yeah <laughs> and Veritas is, is they're good for that stuff i mean get because mm-hmm. i think it's it's ollie valley you can you can find so much crap in there and crap I, I mean <laughs> crap in the best way quality crap um, yeah but i mean it's it's tools or gifts or things i mean i love looking through their catalogs and i don't i always see something i could use i don't always get it but there's, mm-hmm. It's easy to spend fifty dollars with them if you're if you're looking for something, especially their hardware. That is their hardware catalog. If I'm, I think I've only gotten it once, um, right. but that is the most complete collection of hinges and drawer pulls and and everything mm-hmm. associated with that kind of stuff. Though, so if you're in that kind of work or going through a remodeling or anything like that, definitely check them out. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Not that that uh, that reminds me, I guess we can move on to uh, what's in the shop and um, let me dovetail off your square. Uh, sure. Boy, it's a lot of uh, <laughs> woodworking references. No, that's not yes. right. Yeah, yeah. OK. Um, but um, I have a uh, one of the Starrett 12 inch combination um, squares mm-hmm. and uh I had my suspicions, and I just verified them a few days ago. My my 12-inch combination square is out of square. Oh. <laughs> yes, by just a little bit. I need to contact uh, Starrett. I've heard that you can make some adjustments to those by filing down these little nubs or or, or not. I just need to see if uh, that's something I can send it to them for them to do or not. <laughs> wow. I, I, but I've never I, dropped it or anything. I don't know why. Did you but, buy it new? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bought it Interesting. new. Interesting. And I've never dropped it or anything. I might, I might try. I mean, it's, it's off. You know, the the length of the twelve inch rule is probably off, maybe a thirty second over twelve inches. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm maybe get trying to get to. Uh, <laughs> too specific it's probably it's square enough for woodworking definitely but um you know it kind of bothers me <laughs> a little yeah. bit. yeah yeah i yeah i wonder you know when you're in in the 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 process of of measuring marking and cutting yeah where does where does the precision actually happen 
You know, if you mm. struck a line with a pencil that's a 30-second off at 12 inches, when you take it to your miter saw, right? who's at, who's at fault if it's not square? And that's your saw, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so uh, within a 30-second, you can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but if you're using it to uh, to reference stuff, this is how I found out is, um, you know, my um, boring jigs that I'm making. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm checking those square to see how square the the tower of this thing is to the base and that's where i first noticed it was going mm. wait a minute <laughs> this is off a little bit and uh then i checked it with another square and went no it's on i oh, know this one says it's off this is you know it's just like one of those things so you know and i'm probably being too uh too um uh, anal about that. But anyway, it was, uh, anyway, it was like, uh, huh, interesting, but so I need to figure out a way to, uh, to, um, you know, put it back into square if I can, like I said, I've heard you can adjust them, but I don't know if it's something I could send to them. And if so, how much does it cost and you know, all that kind of stuff, but I'll report back. How long have you had it? You know, probably like, like, at least 12 years. Oh, okay. And I, I just wonder, yeah. I don't, I've, I know yeah. Starrett has been forever mm-hmm. been quality. Right. And, and like precision machining quality. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wonder how, how long their guarantees are or, yeah, you know, all that stuff. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Contact them and I guess see. Yeah. So now yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Mm hmm. But uh, anyway, besides that, um, um, I think I've refined my, speaking of my boring jig, I refined that somewhat. So I got to remake all my demo videos, that I oh. <laughs> which I hate. I mean, uh, you know, I need to make the videos to, to show people and, you know, give them some instructions on how to use the jig and that, that type of format and stuff. And I, and, um, but yeah, it's, it's a pain in the butt to make those things because it takes, it'll take me a couple of days mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to get it done and yeah. edit it and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I'm no, I'm no Mark or Matt or Shannon. So when it comes to that, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it, it comes, Cause I'm like, take 28. <laughs> yeah. When, you know, you get better when either you care less or you just do it a bunch. Yeah. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll get it. I mean, are you calling these Mark two? Is there enough revision to it that you No. I'm just, I'll probably just, once I get these done, I'll probably just delete the other ones. I mean, I made some minor, um, just creature, uh, enhancements to the, uh, setup block and the way it interacts. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I mean, anyone that looks at them now is fine. That just doesn't explain that, Hey, the setup block now has a little magnet in it that, you know, attaches to the side and all that kind of stuff. So, oh yeah. I saw yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And that, so. that, um, yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. even retrofit that, right? I mean, yeah, it. yeah, because you've because so. you've already shipped some of these, haven't you? Yeah, I've shipped two batches of them, and okay. I'm about to start on a on a third batch. So there you go. Yeah, so we'll do that, and and that leads me to the other thing that I've been experimenting with a boring jig, and I still have some more uh, testing and product development to do. But um, you can use this jig for reaming with a drill, power reaming. And mm. it will exactly hold your angle. 
So, um, basically, um, I had a, with my stretcher jig, I had a couple of folks that wanted that, you know, typical, the typical ringed hole for a chair maker is, um, six degrees, um, or sometimes 11 degrees in the reamer and uh, tenon cutter that Veritas sells is at the 11 degrees. And I had someone that wanted a set of my stretcher jigs in that. So I needed to buy their tenon cutter, which I did. And I went, ah, let me go ahead and buy their reamer. And I started looking at my boring jig. I go, do you think I could use that reamer utilizing the jig? You know, and I thought, ah, maybe not because, you know, uh, that um, rod end bearing will allow the shaft to, you know, move. But mm-hmm. I said, well, let me give it a try. No, it's just like a drill bit. It's locked in, and you just go down to your mark. <laughs> and, uh, all right. And you're right on the money. Um, the only problem is, you know, people like me, and I think most people use the six degree, um, like I said, is their, their mortise, um, their, the taper on their mortise. And... So I've been out there trying to find anybody that manufactures a, a six-degree taper, like for um, uh, tie rods and stuff like that in the automotive industry. They make, yeah, yeah they make, uh, so far I found them in 5.8 degrees, 7 degrees, 8 degrees, but nothing in 6 degrees yet. Hmm. <laughs> but I'm still looking because I think some heavy machinery like, um, uh, you know, um trucks and uh off-road equipment and things of that nature i think they do have some some um uh setups on them where um uh they need a six degree reamer so we'll see if not it's something i'm just gonna have to keep uh going with so anyway (laughs) is is that a, a dangerous proposition to be power reaming are you afraid of running too far or you know, no. how, how controlled is the advance of that? It's, it's know, pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty controlled. Um, I'm, I've, you know, I've just been doing some test holes. I'm certainly not an expert at power reaming, but probably by the time I get done, I will. Be. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, I just been, I just, you know, you got the two speeds on your drill. I just put it on the, on the slower speed, the one instead of the two. Sure. And, and, uh, and just, gone and it seems to work fine in fact the hole it leaves is really really clean it's cleaner than the hand reamer oh i Uh, bet because you've got you know in the same in the same operation you've got Mm -hmm. how many times the rotation yeah and it's continuous because when you're hand reaming you're yeah you're gonna stop and start turn and start as you're turning yeah you only can get about 180 degrees per with hand and you get continual motion with yeah interesting I, yeah. I does that does that help the other than speed does it help the process it uh, it, it can't well it helps the process so far you know like i said i'm still doing testing so this all might come to naught but mm-hmm. um from what i've been able to tell it's much more accurate you know um using i use lasers when i'm doing my reaming and that is really really accurate i would say it's the same accuracy as that but it's continual and you don't have to worry about it <laughs> you're not watching anything you just like, you're just plugging you know you're just pulling the trigger and putting a little pressure <laughs> and that's it so um it makes it much more simpler um the only issue you have you have is you know stopping on you know i put a little piece of blue tape on the reamer to know mm-hmm. when to uh stop um there are some instances where you may 
have to sneak up on a particular fit, so you'd want to do that by hand. I don't see why there's any reason you couldn't put some sort of T-handle, instead of putting a drill up there, put like a T-handle up there and turn mm-hmm. it by hand. Okay. The any, old, any burnishing operation because it's going so quick that it's kind of smoothing the hole in a way that's maybe not the best? I'm, I'm totally playing no. devil's advocate. I'm sorry. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, not that I've noticed, but I'll keep an eye out for it. That would be my only fear, like yeah. if the glue doesn't quite bite yeah. it the same because it's so smooth yeah. because but it happens so quickly. But, but it is something that some chairmakers do use is doing okay. it through a power drill. So I have, you know, it's not an uncommon practice. It's just... It's just that they're kind of doing it by, you know, sight and feel. And this has got you totally locked in. You know, the base is clamped to the seat blank. Your your shaft's going through the rod end connector. So you're totally locked in. So it's really makes it foolproof. Hmm. As long as you set it at the proper angle. <laughs> right. That. Yeah. Very important. But that's that's the same with anything. I mean, you know. I have a I have a chair that's that's uh, has it front its front legs at ten degrees when they should have been at thirteen. But mm-hmm. hey, at least I made the same mistake on both front legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so um, and the other thing I'm doing is I need to make a reading lamp. So. Uh, um, I'm looking, scouring pages for, you know, I'm looking for like one of those wall sconce reading lamps that can go by, uh, beds. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, do you want it to be articulatable or a little like, bit, a little bit, you want a little, a little bit of motion, yeah. not obviously yeah. crazy. Christian Bexford had, has one and I think it's in fine woodworking. I saw and I saved, uh, saved that. And I'm just I'm just kind of scouring the the internet to see some examples, but his look pretty pretty nice. Hmm. That's a that's a, another because you've got articulation and then mm-hmm. pop and then power. You know, you yeah. I mean obviously you can put a you know a cord and a lamp on yeah. a lot of things pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, I think his is kind of like a wooden bracket that moves you know right and left. And then there's a cord that comes up from the bottom up through the bracket and then down into a lamp. So, mm. so you can adjust how far the lamp is by the cord, you know, how, how high or uh, low the lamp is by the, by the cord. And then you could swing it back and forth. Right. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty cool. Uh, that, that that'll be kind of interesting because as as in you know ingenuitous that's not the right word as you've been with your your boring jigs and and all the stuff you're you're making I'm sure you're gonna come up with something creative and useful you know exactly it'll have a rod in bearing some threaded <laughs> rod <laughs> no but maybe some it's brass LEDs. hardware that you do right and yeah. and uh, yeah no that's pretty yeah. cool yeah. So uh, anyway, I think that's 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 what's going on now because uh, I really need to get something for my wife and I because we're sick and tired of having to uh, turn on the big light when we're reading. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's yeah. a good reason. To, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to have the the ceiling fan light on if all I'm doing is reading. Yeah, I'm, I mean we have we have those. Uh, you know, we got little table lamps and stuff, but they just do not provide enough light. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that means we're getting older too. 
Well, yeah, yeah, they, and you don't want you don't want the bookmark light that just kind of hooks on the book and. Well, we'll see. That's the thing. My wife does the uh, Kindle. It's all backlit, so it doesn't all right. really, doesn't really bother her much. But you know, I'm looking at woodworking books and <laughs> magazines yeah. and stuff. So I would I would like something uh, oh, something uh, that I can do. You know, get you can get those on Kindle, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, but you know, some of them, you know, if you're looking, not all of them. I mean, most of uh, Lost Art Press stuff, I think you can get in a PDF, which you can read on Kindle. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, some of the books I have, yeah, you can't. Hell, I got some some books are nearing a hundred years old, so. so uh, I hear you. Yeah. So, but with that, Steve, what are you working on? Well, actually, as we speak, I've got a friend here, and we're running airlines in my shop. I finally got serious to uh, um, put some decent things in instead of just hoses, and uh, we're running uh, an outlet out to my garage where I need to air things up. So so that's going on. And then um, in terms of woodworking, i got to get back to drawing. I, I want to do a matching sofa table that, that matches the Barnsley Hayes, hay rake that I did a couple of years ago. And uh, that's kind of uh, it's it's a very interesting problem because the 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 sofa table will be almost as long, but only 18 inches wide instead of 39. And so just having mm. enough real estate underneath that table to get all the the hay rake uh, uh, stretchers and the frame and stuff, and still still have enough length there. But so I'm trying to get that drawn out ahead of time and then and. Try and get that done. It was interesting. Somebody did that in fine woodworking, and they had it in the back of their, um, you know, where they show users or, mm-hmm. or reader, readers' equipment. And I cannot find it. I know uh, that that would really help me with the proportions if I could. But and and their index doesn't have that uh, the user contributed stuff. So, but anyway, huh. so it's been done. But, but well. Anyway. I, I, yeah, you might want to shoot a uh, email off to or DM off to uh, Ben up there at Fine Woodworking, like he doesn't need something else to do. But right, <laughs> <laughs> but he might he might be able to put somebody on it, maybe uh, or at least maybe he can narrow it down for you. Well, you know, I, I did ask Ben and he didn't know, but uh, oh, okay, know, oh. maybe if I put something out on their forum. I don't know if they've got forums anymore that I could. I don't know, but. Yeah, I'll yeah. just draw it and get it done. So, well, that's case, a, so. well, I did see that you recently posted that table. That's a beautiful table that you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's an amazing table. It. Um, uh, I went over to England twice to look at that uh, because I wanted to do a reproduction, and uh, it's it, it was really fun. It's a, It's got the hay rake and got a lot of angles, a lot of 45s and things right. in it, and just getting all of that done was was a bit of a challenge, but the, the really interesting part about it is the top has these, uh, it, it's a three-boarded top, and it has butterflies in them, but the butterflies themselves are actually three pieces, where they, you have the sort of the one side of the butterfly, and mm-hmm. then a little wedge, a little walnut wedge in between the lighter wood, and then another one, so that when you um, assemble them, every piece has to be fit by hand, and uh, and then it just wedges it all together, and it was, it it took a little while, but it was it was really really fun to do that. So, hmm, cool. 
So, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I see all the, I guess that's chip carving on the sides of the uh, top. That, that is chip carving. And yeah. uh, if you haven't and on the legs too. Yeah. Chip carving is like so easy. It's mm-hmm. like bang, 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 just with a bench chip, uh, bench chisel, and uh, uh, it it really can dress things up. So if you make you make a, a sample board and do about two feet of it, uh, you become an expert. <laughs> it's really not bad. So. Yeah. So well, that's a, that's that's really nicely done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So. Well, cool, cool. So, um, well, good luck with that. Uh, let, let us, well, uh, yeah, make sure you post uh, your drawing when you get it done. Be interested to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, anyway, but before we get on to uh, the uh, talking about the uh, U.S. Bodgers ball coming up, so um, tell us a little bit of, uh, about yourself. Um, I think you're you're in you're in uh, IT, correct? Well, I was. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm semi-retired from that. Uh, okay. I, uh, I, when I say half-retired, I've got the, the no money part down. I just don't have the no work part down yet. But uh, <laughs> I know how that is. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't do much IT anymore. Uh, right. But uh, I've got. I've got uh, some office buildings that I'm remodeling, messing around with that. So I'm doing mm-hmm. that. But and you know i started listening to you guys and uh, it kind of attracted me when i started hearing about a beer at the end of the week you know that yeah, yeah. that's right i don't i don't drink a lot of beer but i do like good beer you know and uh, and then the chair making jigs too i know that we've talked a little bit and uh, right there's this chair making is so cool and uh, sean if you haven't tried it you gotta try it because it's, it's just a whole different kind of thing it's uh uh, in some ways, it's it. I I feel like it's difficult because it's you know it's sculpture and all of angles and all that sort of thing. But on the other hand, there's no straight line, so you really don't see your screw ups. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I respect the the process of joining things in space. Um, I I have a history as a designer, and now I'm an IT guy. So mm-hmm. you know, we have something in common, um, but. You know, as Kyle was describing that chair earlier, you know, thinking of like, oh, you know, how this this bent post hits this top rail and where it joins and how you, it, it, you know, it's it, it's smoke and mirrors. You know, it's it's complicated. So I, I, I appreciate the the complication of it all. Uh, and someday I, I, sh- I for sure will try. I'm just afraid I'm going to make some boxy ass chair that just isn't terribly uncomfortable and. And, well, uh, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's I guess where, that's where guess. most people start making a little steak stool or something, right? <laughs> a little right. boxy chair. Yeah, <laughs> something admittedly uncomfortable but functional in the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You can make you a little um, a steak uh, saw bench. So no, I say that can... I, I've made a shop stool. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> for the shop stool build off. God, how many years ago? Oh, so wow. I, I've yeah. got a very complicated little joinery shop stool that's that I use in my shop. It's not it's not finished. It's not painted. It's just put together, uh, made uh, it out of pine. It's fine. Um, so I at least know that much about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, it's it's definitely it's 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 intriguing and and definitely entertaining to uh, to live vicariously through those that do. Mm-hmm. Well. Exactly. So, so Steve, you you 
have made many winter chairs and uh, made a lot with a lot of uh, talented uh, uh, instructors, too. Yeah, I, I've been lucky enough to uh, to work with some really nice people. I, I think I'm up to about, oh, I, I, not a ton of chairs, but 13 or 14, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, I, uh, I, you know, it was kind of, I used to go to the, uh, the woodworking things in uh, at Williamsburg that they have in January. And right. uh, one time Curtis Buchanan was, uh, was presenting. And before that, I thought, oh, boy, I don't know. Uh, I could probably make a chair like that. You know, that doesn't look that hard. And then I watched Curtis do it, talk about it for three days. And I thought, there was no way I could make that chair, you know. But then afterwards, I started thinking about it and went out and studied with him. And uh, uh, it 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 grows, it grows on you. And hmm. uh, Curtis, Curtis learned from a fellow named Dave Sawyer. Dave's up in Vermont. I, I think he's still around. His, his son, George, has taken over some of the right. business. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave is just a, a very interesting guy. He was an MIT uh, engineer, and he worked uh, on some of the real early disk drives, I guess, in the 60s and so oh. on. And, and one day, he just kind of chucked it after a year or two of that and went out and made pitchforks for wooden pitchforks <laughs> and and eventually got into chairs. And he builds it like an engineer would. He he makes all the pieces to size and then he puts it together. Whereas when I do it, I kind of sneak up on things and so on. But but Dave, uh, Dave did a lot of the angle work and a lot of the mathematics that are in the books. And uh, he worked with uh, Drew Langsner and Curtis and uh, Pete Albert and all those guys are all kind of, I think, started with him. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a, an amazing guy to talk to. And... Um, I've also been able, you know, like Don Weber was a is, is another very good, uh, a very interesting chairmaker. A little different style. He's got more of a country chair, but very comfortable, and he's very very quick. He reminds me a lot of uh, 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 Roy Underhill in his speed and his hands and all that sort of thing. Um, the way those guys can throw things together, and so. Um, and then, you know, along the way, somewhere along the line, somebody said, um, if you work with me, it was some fancy instructor. He says, we're going to work for gallery quality. We're going to get to that. And boy, that phrase gallery, gallery quality really stuck with me. And so I've been trying to do that. I don't know if I'll ever get there. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that, I think, is, is, is really something to go for. And um, I, I think part of that was that uh, a lot of my stuff, like up to 10 years ago, was really quite embarrassing, even though I've done a lot of it. And and, and a big part of that, I think, was um, uh, just never using the hand tools and never really using a sharp tool. And I have planers and table saws and all that sort of stuff, you know, for breaking down stock. But there are times when you just can't do it uh, with, without that. And uh, uh, that's really, I think, changed my, my woodworking in the last few years. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and I hear I hear folks say, "Well, you know, I'm a I'm a power guy, and that's fine." But um, uh, a sharp chisel just works really, really well. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm probably about I, half and I, half myself. Yeah. I was able to. I don't know if you've ever seen Phil Lowe work, but Phil he whacked out. I don't know what it was. It was a oh a cabrio leg. 
in a few hours. And he did that with pretty much a two inch chisel. And that, and that guy is fast and good, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I was able to get out there a couple of years ago and uh, we did the, uh, a block front dresser with him and <laughs> Phil is amazing. He's really something. So, uh, so anyway, I, I got a lot of people to thank for that. So. Well, cool. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating. Like I said, um, yeah, we'll go over where the, where people can see some of your work, but you're you're start, starting to post some of it out there on Instagram and uh, some lovely stuff, especially yeah. like that one uh, settee that you have there. The uh, that the safety seat settee, or it's got the little yeah, uh, yeah that was actually a, a fell up in Minneapolis uh, at Mike Seamson's school. We did that one and. Uh, uh, I think he got that in in fine woodworking, actually. Hmm. Mike mm-hmm. Seamson, I haven't heard that name in a couple of years. Man, that's a good good call. Well, back. it's yeah, it was uh, actually Jim Van Hoven and Mike that that we worked with up there. But uh, yeah, Seamson's still around. He's uh, he's a character as well, you know. Oh he's man, and back in yes. the in in the Kentucky WIA days, Seamson's oh, yeah. more than a character. He's awesome. <laughs> Yes, I I have one of his shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I think. Yes, yeah, I do. Not, with the noggle yep. around the back of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I've banged a nail into a log in a bar with him. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, he is. A, he is a character. Good guy though. Good guy. Absolutely. Yeah, so he's got a YouTube. Uh, he's got a YouTube out there about how to flatten a panel, which is amazing. He, uh, mm-hmm. he makes all of us that, and I, I said, Mike, you got to get that out on YouTube, and I noticed he did, so it's 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 quite good. So. Oh, good for him. No, I and actually, it's funny. My microphone is mounted to one of his. Uh, uh, I forget what he calls it, but it's basically his little like saw benches that are made out of one by and a two by six. Um, yeah. I forget it, but I totally used his his complete designs on it and i had my kids watch me as i cut it all by hand and it's just like rough saw cuts and you can make a saw horse yeah. out of anything but but yeah i mean legitimately that's that's right next to me that's a seems in design <laughs> well cool well, cool well um let's move on and talk a little bit about the uh u.s um bodgers ball but um before we do um Tell us a little bit about how uh, you came up with the Bodgers Ball. I think you'd been to uh, some of the ones out in England, correct? Yes. Uh, it's part of going over there to look at look at my table, that was one thing to do. But right. uh, um, there, there's a group over there, and they call it the Bodgers Ball. They are, well, it's it's uh, the the group is different, but their their gathering is called the Bodgers Ball. And so I don't know, seven eight years ago probably about i guess it was only about five years ago uh but we decided to go over there and uh, they really do it up they've got about 500 people that show up and they do all sorts of things um and it's and it's not a ball i don't know what that part of it is but <laughs> they do a lot of uh, spring pole lathes they've got uh, a lot of uh, spoon carvers they do uh, bowl carving, they've got blacksmiths and charcoal making and everything else. And they, and it's typically out in a in a rural area somewhere. Mm-hmm. And 
so people camp there and 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 uh, hang out most of the time there. But in any case, they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty involved with it. So anyway, we got over there and um, oh, I don't know. Um, one of the folks over there was named Mike Gordon. Mike says, "Oh, you know, you ought to do this in the U.S. Wouldn't that be cool?" And oh, yeah, okay. I thought maybe it would. And um, uh, a couple of years later, uh, my sister and I started talking about it. My sister is who, well, one of the organizers here. She says, "Well, why don't we do it?" And she's, uh, uh, we did it last year, and we got about fifty people that showed up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this year, um, but we were in a place called Lafarge, Wisconsin, which is a a funny, it's a little town, but it's there's not much around there, and it, and it may have a nice little park and that sort of thing. But um, what I wanted to do was get that uh, near the population, and so I live about 20 miles from Madison, and uh, we we've, we've got a, a little town that we live in called Mount Horeb, and it's the troll capital of the world. They have uh, uh, these I don't know three foot carvings of trolls all over the place (laughs) (laughs) that's cool yeah well there there was a guy who did most of them and he's truly an artist i mean he really is but but in any case um we decided to move it here and we had more time to publicize this year so we're we're really hoping that uh uh, it'll do a do better or well Mm. not that that was bad but We'd like people to get out there to do it, mm. and um, we're we're trying to line up some demos here. We've got uh, um, we're not sure what we're going to get, but it'll be the same sort of thing. We'll do chairs and bowls, and then uh, spoons. Of course, spoons are going crazy with everybody, so we're, we're going to be doing that. And we're lucky enough to um, to get Don Weber to come up here, and we're hoping we can fill a class to make it worth his while because. Uh, um, as I said, he's an amazing chair maker. So we're going to have him come a week before. And down at my shop here in the, in the woods, we're going to make, he's offering uh, two chairs. It, it's uh, one of them is called up. And I don't know if I'll probably mess up the pronunciation of it, but Carmenta chair, which has got some rough turnings on it and so on. And then we've also got the cardigan chair that I've done that. Mm-hmm. And of all, of all the chairs we've got, uh, those are the most comfortable. They're nice and big. They're they're, they're not as formal as, as some of the other window Windsors, but they just people just love that chair. And it's a fairly easy chair. It it runs a little quicker to build it, and uh, mm-hmm. a little more handwork, or and and not just turning, but more like planes and draw knives and that sort of thing. So. Anyway, with Don and we've got some carvers coming, and we're hoping to fill those up and uh, make it worth it for, for those folks to drive up from Kentucky. And mm-hmm. we're re- we're really not in it for any profit, and and in fact, we're going to oh I don't know we're we're probably going to lose money on this one, but uh, <laughs> I mean, well, it doesn't matter. We're um, hoping to promote the craft right. and then raise raise some money for charities, and and of course. Keep it really reasonable. I think it's only about thirty bucks to come and and uh, stay all weekend. But wow. uh, and, and, and fun for families. You know, there's there's lots of uh, families that just need something to do on a weekend, and and the kids really get a kick out of it to hand them a smoke shave and let them do a little whittling and that sort of thing. So um, anyway, that's yeah, the kind of 
So you're going to have people that, you know, have been doing this for years show up and, you know, and, and, you know, participate with everyone carving bowls and spoons and like you said, blacksmithing chairs, whatnot. But um, then there's also opportunities for, you know, people that maybe you want to get new to the craft or introduce somebody to the craft, especially green woodworking, which is kind of uh, um has some different techniques and different tools, but it's a great place to go there and, and uh, watch people do it as well as participate. Correct. I, yeah. That's the whole yeah. point of it. Right. You know, we're not, we're not a big, uh, the chair making community is not real big, but, right. uh, but, but we're serious about it. You know, there's some mm-hmm. pretty serious doing it. So, and then uh, just one other thing that I, I'd like to shout out to, and that is Pete Gelbert a, a while ago, he carved a spoon and he says, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to auction this off, this off for, for hunger. I'm going to donate it to a food pantry or something. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was a great, that was a great idea, you know, that we could uh, mm-hmm. go a lot further with that and try to get all the spoon makers to donate something and somehow, you know, take, take the cash and give it to people that really do need the, uh, a spoon to eat with, you know, or, or food to eat, you know, what, what right. could be, uh, you know, a better theme than that. And I talked to, to Roy Underhill about it. And he said, you know, he said, let him know if he could help. And I'd, I'd really like that to get going. I think that could be big. And it was Pete's idea. So, but I'm kind of swiping the idea a little bit. But. <laughs> well, I like yeah. that. Spoons for hunger. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Heck yeah. Yeah. Now, you, now where's this event going to be? It's going to be um, in June, June 26th through 28th, right? It is June 26th through 28th, and that's a Friday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. The class start this, the Monday before that. So, right. Or, or the chair-making classes. But yeah, that's separate. That's a, that's a separate charge and stuff for the class, just like you would any other class. Sure. Yeah. Yes. It now, is, it, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so it's June 26th and 28th. Now, you said it's located uh, near Madison, Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, so what's the best way to get there if someone's interested and and where are the places to stay? Oh, there's all kinds of places to stay here. Uh, we're okay. at uh, we're we're about twenty miles west of of Madison, and mm-hmm. Madison's only about two hours north of O'Hare. So if you can get to O'Hare, you can get the rest of the way. We always, uh, yeah. Um, you know, when we get snowed into O'Hare, we just grab the bus and get up here. It's it's really quite easy, uh, and we've got lots of lots of motels and, and things around here. Lots of great campgrounds, that sort of thing. So, uh, and we've got that listed on our website, and uh, we're we're uh, adding all the time with that. So, yeah, yeah. What, what's that website again? It's the website is uh, us us. U.S. Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, so go out there. You can also do a search for U.S. Bodgers Ball, and I think y'all have a link on your. Y'all also have an Instagram page, um, U.S. Bodgers Ball, and I think there's a link on your profile to the website. But yeah, there's some great stuff there. It's 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 really interesting, and I hope I am going to. I'm going to try to make it out there myself. Um, I got a bunch of stuff coming up in April, but uh, I'm hoping I can uh, get up there because guess what? Flights from uh, Houston to O'Hare are fairly reasonable. <laughs> they are, actually. Yes. I know because <laughs> one of the guys I was down in your area with, Kyle, is yeah. from our Chicago office. 
mm-hmm. who is and we have a Madison office too. Um, and, well, see, uh, you should come too. You just need to, you know, book <laughs> something, you know, the week before over there. Yeah. The I, I can tell you because I booked rooms today for my kids' summer travel stuff that I'll be in Cincinnati that weekend. Oh, <laughs> so I can't make it. Oh, but, um, but I do know uh, specifically that he, you know, we we were flying from Houston. You know, to to and from Houston, yeah. and I think his his because we got one way flights because mm-hmm. it was cheaper that way. It was less than a hundred dollars to get from Houston to, and that was from uh, Hobby. Yeah, with a layover in Dallas, and he he got to to O'Hare for less than a hundred bucks. That's yeah. that's really cheap. Yeah, it's always. Yeah, Southwest is a great thing. It's always been re- relatively. Uh, yeah, and that was American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, uh, fact, man, I, I should know my my facts better. But um, there was a DJ, uh, morning time DJ and afternoon time DJ in Dallas when I was growing up, and he would have I forgot how it works because I didn't listen to him, but I just knew of mm-hmm. him. He was fer- fairly popular. But um, he like would do a morning show in Dallas, catch a flight to Chicago, and do an afternoon show in Chicago. Oh my gosh! Five days a week. Oh. <laughs> boom, wow. boom, 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 boom. That's a that's a weird commute. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> then he's got to come back home the next morning. Like so, he sleeps in Dallas. Yep. But he has dinner in Chicago. Chicago and flies back. <laughs> and, you know, rinse and repeat. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. Anyway, someone's going to say, you should know who that is. That's, you know. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I used to, but um, but anyway. But no, this Bodger Ball absolutely sounds fantastic. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, I'm hoping it continues to grow. But like you said, you all had 50 attendees uh, last year for a uh, first-year event of this type. And that's pretty darn good, if you ask me. Yeah, it's not going to be big, I must say, but uh, you never know. And yeah. We, we, we tried to get some of the names up here. You know, if we could get Underhill to show up, we'd pack a thousand people in. But, uh, sure. But, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. It. Uh, we we have a guild here in town, and it's small, but it's good. You know, we, yeah. even though it doesn't people show up, it doesn't mean it has to be bad. So Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from what you've attended o- over uh, in England and and over just overseas, um, how did how did your first year, last year, uh, you know, compare to what they get out there? Are are they seeing thousands of people or hundreds of people? Well, they get. I, I think they get about five hundred. Okay, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's significant. I mean, obviously, fifty uh, is a considerable percentage of that, but or a small percentage of that, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, and what is the what's the space like? Is it a campground? Is it a public park? Where here in, in yeah Mount here Horde? yeah there in Lafarge yeah yeah it's gonna be uh it, it's Mount Horde this year it's a, it's gonna be a the city park here we've got a nice park with a oh I don't know a shelter uh, okay. a large shelter we'll be setting up and then lots of park space there so oh, that's so cool and we you know we're lucky and I know everybody's very proud of their states here but uh, we. We're in an area called the Driftless area, which means that the glaciers didn't scrape this part out. Most of the state they did, but we've got some really nice rolling hills, and it continues over to the Mississippi. And uh, we're we're kind of forgotten, you know. 
folks don't know about us. They they know Chicago and they know the coast and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of nice things to, to to offer up here, and that's why you know half Illinois shows up here every weekend. They they come up. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> well, I actually, yeah, the the uh, the guy that was in Houston with me a couple weeks ago, um, he visited the Dells uh, this weekend. I think he he took some time off with his wife and and they went up to Wisconsin. And I just I only saw a, a post that he put up that it was snowing. Shocking! It's winter in the Midwest, but um, yeah, definitely. I mean, the you know the Chicago area people they're like, yeah, it's two hours north of here. There's way better everything. get up and get out i happen to live in a section of ohio that was trampled by glaciers so it's very flat i don't know the elevation uh and views that you that you may have there yeah well it's just this corner of the state most of our state got it too but uh, yeah yeah. interesting (laughs) well well i hope to i hope to make it up there and uh like i said it sounds like a, a exciting event um, uh, you know, I've, I've seen some of the green, green woodworking events, you know, posts from those over, uh, overseas in England and Wales and whatnot. And, uh, and, uh, it always looks like a fun time had by all. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, we had, uh, we're getting over to England uh, in May as well. So we're going to, about six of us are going over to check it out again. And then we'll be oh, back for our end of cool. June. So. Oh, that's cool. so cool! So you can you I mean you have have a very real opportunity to kind of take what you see there and bring it back home to your home event. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and the one thing they have because they have so many people, they have a lot more people bring things in. They probably have oh I don't know sixty chairs that they bring in and have judging and that sort of thing. Uh, we don't have much of that yet, but <laughs> it's really hey. fun. Well. If I come up there, maybe I'll bring a chair and you can judge it for me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but now you can bring a couple of your jigs too. You never know. Uh, we're always uh, there's. That's right. Spend a lot of money. And I don't yeah, know you, if you're if you guys are turners, but there's a company called Robust Lathe, which is a mm-hmm. lathe. Oh, I know them. Yeah, I know them. I would love to have one. They're about ten miles from here. We're, we're talking to those folks. Maybe they'll bring something over. So. You know, oh, that'd be awesome. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've I've had a chance to turn on a robust lathe, and it is nice, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. who's the guy that that promotes them? Um, big YouTube turner. Uh, well, Alan Laser. Yeah. No. No. I no. think it's some other guy that was. He was. He was doing videos for pop wood for a while wasn't he or something yeah and he had like a pbs show or something like that yeah something like that yeah um i know who you're talking about but first time i saw one i'm like oh that is a beautiful heavy cast like that's Mm -hmm. a that's a machine of a lathe you know and you can move move the 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 headstock to the edge to turn really big stuff oh oh yeah yeah that's that's cool i didn't realize they were that close to me Pretty cool. Well, we probably could maybe even get a tour of the factory. It's a pretty, you know, small place, and we right. our our guild was up there, so I'm hmm. sure they let us. Well, let us know if they have a tent sale. <laughs> <laughs> and then how how much is it to ship it to Texas? Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, 
with that, let's uh, move on to our fortnightly beer choices. So, um, so I am drinking um, St. Arnold Brewing, easy for me to say, St. Arnold Brewing Company, and uh, they're a local Houston-based brewer, and I'm drinking their seasonal, which is a Texas Winter IPA that's quite refreshing. So, um, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. And uh, um, like I was telling Sean earlier, they, they were on sale. <laughs> I got a 12, and this is a, these are decent beers. They're craft beers, and uh, I think I got a 12-pack for like uh, $12.99. There you go. Yeah. Not so bad. I think they've already stopped producing this, and I think they're about to uh, introduce their spring beer. So that's the reason for it. So Yeah, it seems to make sense. So, so Sean, yeah. what are you drinking? I uh, I like this. We're going to kind of all keep it local tonight. Uh, so I've got a Great Lakes Brewing Company. They're out of Cleveland, Ohio, not too far from me. Uh, they're Nosferatu Imperial Red Ale, which um, is, is a good uh, double red ale. It's it's a little heavier than your standard red. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. I uh, the uh, the funny story of why I have this is uh, leaving practice on Sunday. One of my dad's uh, my my lacrosse team's dad's mm-hmm. goes to his truck and comes back with a bag with with a, his son's a goalie with a goalie head in it and a six pack of beer. And I said, What do you have there? He said, I have a favor. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. And so this was this is graciously given to me by by a uh, a player of mine's father. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I still have to make I have to string up that head for him. But <laughs> oh, oh, I, right I started to say I thought, and his son is starting for the next three weeks. No, it's not. It's not. It's not a bribe. Uh, it is a favor, and it's it's the equipment of the cross requires a bit of manhandling and i'm a good manhandler so i uh i'm gonna put that together for him but anyway anyway yeah uh great lakes i don't know if um if it ships out but it's 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 good it's it's a common release i don't think they limit it um but uh yeah check it out Mm -hmm. and steve what are you what are you drinking tonight well what i like to drink this time of year is uh is a brown ale that uh New Glarus Brewery makes right down the road from us, and uh, but they're, those guys are out of season with it. So uh, I'm drinking a nine stock uh, Arctic Pale Ale that came from Iceland. Uh, they're up in Accurary in Iceland, and it's uh, they've they've got some nice beers that uh, we're now able to get over here. So that's wow. what I'm drinking. That's what? pretty cool because I can't get New Glarus where I am, but you can get Iceland where you are. That's that's <laughs> yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> wow yes I, I don't think i've ever had a beer from iceland mm, not that i can remember yeah yeah i don't know they started bringing them over a couple of years ago and i, I like them so I'll, I'll have to look uh i'll have to look at uh, next time i go to the the big liquor store and see if they have any of that because that sounds interesting so well with that um uh, steve where can folks find you on the internet well, we're uh, the U.S. Badgers Ball at on on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I'm Steve O underscore Wisconsin Wis Steve O underscore W I S on Instagram, and then uh, the U.S. Badgers Ball dot U.S. Uh, is our website for the Badgers Ball. Fantastic! And Sean, where can folks find you? 
Uh, I'm uh, at Sean W78 on most social medias that matter. How about you, Kyle? Well, you can find all find me always on uh, at Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, Diami will beep that out once again. <laughs> um, so with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Thanks for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. If you like the show, be sure to visit us at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast or like us on Facebook. The best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.